Welcome to another round of Boardroom or Miro Board. Today we talk retrospectives with Agile coach Maria. Let's go. First question. You've spent two hours in a team retro, but the only input you've heard is Dave's. Boardroom or Miro Board? Boardroom. In Miro, Dave can't hog the space because everyone can add thoughts anonymously, online at the same time. Correct. Next. You need the team to act on feedback fast, so you turn all those retro notes into JIRA tasks instantly. Miro all the way. And I can assign those tasks to teammates. You're nailing this. Now, you see hundreds of sticky notes from the retro. A real mess. But you organize them into five themes in just seconds. Miro, I basically get back an entire hour when I use its AI tools for clustering. And she's done it. Join over 60 million people running actually enjoyable and actionable retros in Miro. Get your first three boards free at Miro.com. That's M-I-R-O.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome to the 12th Man Rising Podcast, part of the Fansided Podcast Network. Here's your hosts, Lee Vowell and Todd Vandenberg. Can we still say Barpenheimer? Is that still a thing? Barpenheimer is still a thing. Oh, you got really loud. Why you got so loud? Whoa, whoa, whoa. It's, it's uh, some burn-in. It's a sonic burn-in. Um, this part of the show by is sponsored yeah, by... 17 million this week. Sonic? The restaurant only did 17 million? That sounds sonic low. Burn-in. Well, you know, <clears throat> it was the tater tots. They got scorched. We had some tater tots this weekend. This is the second time we've had the tater tots from this one restaurant in Hot Springs, North Carolina. But they are sweet potato tater tots. Ooh, that's interesting. They're really good, actually. And they're really made, like, with sweet potatoes. Like, they actually make them there. It's really I good. hope they would. Cut it open, and it's pink in the middle. It's crazy. I mean, yeah. Mm, yeah, no, 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 no. Orange, mm. I guess. What is, what is it? Sweet potato. Orange. I guess it's orange, right? Yeah, sweet potatoes tend to be orange unless they're... But there's all kinds of sweet potatoes. Not, so you got right. garnet sweet potatoes, you got your That's regular true. sweet yeah, potatoes. You get garnet sweet potatoes, which I've had once in my life, I think. I've had them um, <clears throat> because I seem to have it at Earth Fair. So, oh, and well, and they good. don't have the regular ones, so I end up getting those, and, and they're pretty good. Last ones I got did not get crispy, crispy as much as regular sweet potatoes. Sweet potatoes starts with an S, so does Seahawks. That's my segue. Oh, and so segue. So uh, the the Seahawks play their name for a player. Who would it be though? Who would be the favorite player of Sweet Potatoes? No, who would be nicknamed Sweet Potato? Sweet. I don't think I want to go down that road. <laughs> I don't want somebody that some some player to accidentally it find should, this podcast. Come on, come on. It should be a center, right? 
<sighs> and it can't it can't be Olu because double O, come on, man. The guy's got a built-in nickname. So it's got to be Evan Brown, Sweet Potato. It, it even sounds Evan Sweet Potato Brown. Uh, okay. Yeah, I can play. see that. Let's play. let's um then we'll tweet we will tweet at Evan uh, later yeah. and say, hey, let's do that. Have you ever had the the nickname Sweet Potato Brown? Because it seems to really work. Because you're you know African American from Mississippi. Um, where is Evan Brown from? He's clearly not African American, but I think he's from Milwaukee. Must, he must be from Detroit because he played for the Lions. Yeah, that's pretty much the truth. Yeah, I think he's from mm-hmm. Detroit. Well, somebody have to look it up. I don't even know where he went to uh, where he went to school. Now we will have to look it up live on the podcast. Isn't that exciting? That is super exciting. You know, it's got to feel, I mean, of course, at this point, the Lions are not horrific, so they don't have to feel like they're... But, South Lake, and, Texas. Sorry to interrupt you. Well, there South you go. Lake, Texas. He went South to SMU. SMU. Oh. Oh. So this is when they actually still had a football program. Good for him. No, he he is actually, he's quite old, actually. He, he, um, was, he was on a bocce scholarship. Is that what you're going to say? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, Eric Dickerson was the running back when he was there. <laughs> Oh, and, uh, Evan Brown is a little older than I thought then. Yeah, and Stetson Bennett was a sixth-year senior at that time. Yeah. So. Uh, he would not have been a senior, sir. <laughs> Stetson, Bennett, Stetson Bennett would have been a... Uh, Coach by that time? Coach. I was thinking the other way. I was thinking he would have been like a freshman walk-on. He, um, right, he would have been a grad assistant, right? And then had like eight more years of eligibility. He actually dominated the Rams preseason game yesterday. I don't think I'm completely making that up, but I think I saw. Oh, yeah, here it is. Bennett shines in battle of CFP QBs. Stetson Bennett passed for 191 yards and a touchdown, whatever that is, for the Los Angeles Rams in the stadium where he led. I think it's Gio Georgia Georgia. Yeah, that guy. To his second, sounds like, actually, that is weird. It makes it sound like Georgia is a one person. Yeah. Um, second national championship seven months ago, notching his first NFL. Okay, we'll start with this. I am so tired of seeing stuff that says, and these come from reputable sources, too. Oh, and their first NFL action, it's a preseason. It's like yeah. a practice. It right. doesn't count. That's not their first action. Week and, one and the, will be And the, the rookies, action. so it's the first that way too is you only have to tell us that but right it's not it's not nfl action Wait, because what do you they mean talked about that they Just talked about that doesn't mean it's the first time you're doing something does it well not for stetson bennett um he's been a rookie for 13 years <laughs> and they thought he probably will be and they <laughs> talked about that in the uh during the seahawks game they kept on oh it's his first nfl catch and first is like I, okay i kind of get it but i can guarantee you no player is going to look back on that and think no. of anything they did in the preseason as their first nfl anything pro football reference does not make a list of preseason they have regular season postseason preseason would be almost be kind of funny to see to be honest but but they don't yeah. mean because the yeah. stats don't count so it's not you're, it's you're not a real catch yeah you're gonna have some interesting stats in preseason compared to regular season which we'll we'll talk about that with a certain seahawks player as we as we move Trayvon along. boykin former yeah. seahawks yeah. quarterback would yeah. look fantastic he'd be a hall of famer if preseason were 
Yeah, it, it, I saw that just a ton, and I'm like, it's it's not yeah. his first act, real action. It's a glorified practice. No offense to those players. I'm not saying what they did to discount what they did or anything, because they right, cause they have to play show well they or they do. didn't play well. But for the right. most part, they're playing against second stringers because they're second stringers. Yeah, That'll change this weekend, but... It, it's not like in week six, Will Disley catches a pass and somebody says, well, that's his first catch in the Super Bowl. It's like, that's not the Super Bowl. Yeah. yeah basically the same logic you're right and it is silly uh but the seahawks it is so silly but the seahawks did play their first preseason game last right. week or whenever you're listening to this last year three years ago 25 uh, for 2023 yeah um geno smith looked horrible i mean i didn't even see him out there he was so he bad he did he was a ghost he was um he i don't i didn't see him complete a pass um i didn't see him he didn't even register a stat Nope. Should we just cut him now? I yeah. mean, is that how bad he is? Well, According some people, 12, some people, should. some people think yes, they should be cut. Yep. Some people think that I didn't mention anything about Jamal Adams in an article that specifically says something about Jamal Adams about five worst yeah. trades in Seahawks history. Uh, and 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 as we talked about, it's like in the first place because because the guy who made the comment, and I'm not going to out him as a, as the total idiot by Pete naming, Carroll. It's not worth it. Yeah, Pete Carroll said it's like because he, he had a few sacks. It's like. He set the NFL record for defensive backs <laughs> with sacks. That's not a few. Right. And you can argue whether or not it had an impact on the Seahawks' success overall, which would be silly to argue it didn't, but it did. But it's entertainment. That's what this is for, right? It's entertainment. Yeah. It's more entertaining if the team wins than if they lose, but it's entertainment. What is not entertaining about a guy setting an NFL record in the regular season? Right. Are you stupid? And and the whole thing about to, to the bigger issue, you mentioned him in the very beginning. Like, the third as paragraph I, as is I, all about Jamal Adams. As I half jokingly said, is like I can't. I I teach reading for a living, and I can't to retire. Jamal Adams. Yeah. Well, he's a quick study. It was like six minutes, and he was done. But you know, I can't retire from teaching reading when people are out are out there like this. And the reason it upsets me is because <laughs> these people vote. You know, they actually, you know, they they scan TikTok or whatever to get their political opinions if they even do that. But they make choices that affect everybody and they can't think. And that's what upsetting It's like, you don't you're interested in sports because you're taking the time to scan an article and taking the time exactly. to post about it. So that's an interest to you. And even in something that's of interest to you. You don't take the time to actually pay attention to what the hell you're reading. No. That yeah, ex- kind of person worries me a lot. Exactly what he did. Exactly what you said. He opened the article. He or she opened the article and skipped the first three paragraphs, looked at yep. the titles for each player, one, yep. two, three, four, five, and didn't read any of it. Yeah. And then the idiot has to take his like Jamal Adams could be one of the worst, but he's still with yeah. the Seahawks and he could still be good. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. And the idiot says, like, oh, you can't put Percy Harvin because he won a su- Percy Harvin won the Super Bowl. <laughs> really? He made one play I'm like, oh, the other, I, the other 52 guys didn't do anything in that game, did they? It was like one play. He I honestly thought that was the low hanging fruit. I was like, everybody's going to have this on a list of, of worst course. traits ever. Of course. It was funny. I had Malik McDowell on on a list last week, I guess, about um 
worse draft picks under right. Carroll and Schneider. And one one of the guys was like, oh, this, this article is anybody could have done. It. It's all about injuries. And I'm like, well, three of them. Not really. And I said also. And he was like, well, if anybody could do it. Why don't you do it? Well, oh, actually, I almost because you can't okay. write. Idiot. Yeah, I almost I almost read. said that. But then, I mean, I wouldn't have said it like that, but I would have said, I would. well, you know, name five. But Malik McDowell has to be on. Um, I mean, that's a no-brainer. He never yeah, played and, and down. It has nothing to do with his ability. has nothing to do with the Seahawks' judgment. It's, But it's a fact. That's one of the worst draft picks just because of the circumstances. Yeah, He got hurt. A f- non-football injury got hurt. And then he got arrested after he was had. To be honest, I forgot he even played with the Browns for a year. Yeah. And then he got arrested and they let him go. It's like he would have gotten arrested if he were a Seahawk. Didn't he actually get arrested when he was a Seahawk? I mean, there was a lot of stuff going on. There was a lot of stuff going on with him. Yeah. Yeah. There's no way you can say that that's not one of their worst draft because that's a lot of draft capital that they got absolutely zero. Nothing for. Nothing. Yep. And I had so, D, D. Eskridge was number two, and that has very yeah. little to do with him being hurt because he's been supposedly he, he's been available for right, almost as he, many games as he's missed. Yeah, when he played, as we have both said, it's like his career stats look like a look like a good game for Metcalf or Lockett, literally, and that's his career. Yeah, it's like how is completely aside from the injuries, which again. You can't really say that's his fault. Maybe to a little extent it is because it depends how you put yourself, you know, at risk, et cetera. I get that. But for the most part, no, it's not his fault. But it doesn't matter because he's been healthy a lot. And when he's healthy, <laughs> he doesn't do anything. It it took him all of one play to get hurt in the preseason game. Yep. Yep. And I expected a lot from I mean, I wrote an article talking about, oh my God, this is a great pick. It's like I know it's, they had to wait till the second round, but I was like ecstatic they got to him. I, hey, I said the same thrilled. thing about LJ Collier. Well, yeah, I did too. I mean, it was like, you know, it wasn't, we, we you know, the Jamal Adams trade, I thought, you know, it still may end up being good. And Jadavian Cloudy trade, I loved, but he was only there for a year. Right, exactly. He didn't really work out. He was there for one year. Right. Jamal Adams, uh, obviously, if he comes back healthy, you know, he could, he could As a have linebacker. impact on this team. Yeah. I mean, kind of a quasi linebacker, right? And like yeah. that guy could have a gigantic impact on this season. So how can you say that's a bad trade? It's not over, dumbass. Right. I mean, theoretically, he has what two more seasons left on his contract after right. this year? And even if they trade so let's say he has a good year, because for them to trade him, he'll have to have a good year. They better right? have more than a few sacks if he's <laughs> and if he has a good year, like a really good year. And then they trade him because of cap issues, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, well, what are they going to get for him? And then you have to they could see, just release him outright, but yeah, but but if they would you call him, me? Did you call me a butt? Kind of. Whoa. But then it's like okay, but then you have to look at what that impact is of those players. So it's like you can't just say it's like oh this trade is like dude, he's still playing. Yeah, it, you can't judge whether the trade is good. You can say so far, that's valid. But you can't just say, oh, that was a terrible trade. Why did you lose this? Uh, because we don't know what the guy's contributed to the team in the entirety of his career with them yet. That's why, yeah. idiot. Exactly. Yeah, there was there was one player. I can't. Oh, I, I don't want to take up a whole lot of time talking about this, but you, you had put out a list. I think it was 
three or four years ago. Uh, I had three worst trades, and then yeah. I think we had we had Twelfth Moon Rising, Twelfth Moon Rising dot com. Um, we had another one at some point. Maybe I did one like six or seven years ago, but it wasn't five. They were both like three, I think. Yeah. And then I I looked at several other sites, and you know, not to to get an idea of what other people were saying, because I didn't want to just be like it was. It's not the op. It's not like I wanted to look at it and be like, I'm going to copy this. It was the exactly. opposite of it. It was like I want to look at it to make sure it, people can't say, well, this is the same article, blah blah blah. Did. But I mean, yeah. I, I I would stand up to what I put. But there was one player, and I can't remember who it was, but they they ended up trading a, a draft pick to get this guy who never worked out. But then the third man, I wish I could remember who I think maybe it was Dion Branch, but whoever one of the draft picks they got ended up being somebody that was important, which is exactly what you said yeah. uh, as far as the draft pick because it's like okay, well they traded, they gave up. It wasn't Dion Branch, but it was somebody like that, and right. and um, they ended up getting like it was like tile locket or something like that like, eh, I'm gonna put that on the list because they ended up being like okay exactly you know, it's like if, if this if, hadn't if, happened then we wouldn't have had this exactly it's not just what that player does it's what that player brings the team overall and if you trade him away for something that turns into something that you wouldn't have had otherwise it's like well okay yeah. that and if the guy was, can dance or ta- well true of course that goes without saying so uh, dance, back to the boy dance <laughs> back to the you Howard. Um, but uh, back to the preseason game. Uh, uh, I so we saw a whole bunch of Drew Lock with second team players, right? Um, and somebody, the the interception he threw when he threw it, he was under pressure. Right. His offensive lineman got pushed into him, so right. he was off balance and the ball got tipped. It's still a bad throw because he clearly didn't see the defender. If he was throwing it to the receiver, we think which he had to be, otherwise he was just throwing it to nowhere. Then he didn't see the receiver that was there. It was just a bad throw. But That's otherwise, he he still makes throws like that first touchdown pass to Winston. Uh, Geno Smith can't make that threw. throw. There's not a whole lot of... Threaded that throw. Yeah. I mean, there were little, well, you know, like I wrote in the recap. Tom Brady uh, couldn't make I'm that so throw. I'm so cool because I wrote in the recap. I'm so cool. But I mean, they, they literally called pass interference because the guy was draped over him yeah. and Locke still put the ball there like that perfectly is a hell of a throw yeah it's a laser yeah. and he, he made a few of those and then of course he did yeah. have and that's the thing with the last year when he played in the preseason he missed that one game obviously of co because of COVID yeah. but in the games he played he looked more electric than Geno Smith yeah he did. although there's still some people out there like oh I should put Drew Locke in I'm not sure what they. I still don't yeah. understand what they're saying in Geno Smith, other than not watching football and right. watching Geno Smith play. But yeah, we both said that we thought Locke had had won. Uh, yeah, because that's we saw season. him more. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Saw, oh, this guy. He looks if he comes back, and then it, you know he didn't miss that one preseason game, which did hurt him. But they were going to yeah. start Smith, and they knew what they were doing. Obviously, a lot more than they should have. Clearly, they knew what they were yeah. doing. And they, and that's and they should. I mean, we should at this point trust P. Carroll and John Schneider and the coaching staff to make those decisions. Shane Waldron to make those decisions. But when Locke is out there, he looks electric. But then he does have one or two plays, and they usually end up in turnovers. Where it's like this. This is why he's not a starter yet. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he could be the next starter for the Seahawks. He's still young enough. He could be a Seahawks. 
Yeah. I almost joked that he's younger than Stetson Bennett, but he's got to be close to the same age as Stetson Bennett, doesn't he? <laughs> he does. Um, but uh, yeah, but it's, it's he he could be, you know, expecting Gino to play every down of every game again for any any quarterback, not because it's Gino. Right. We probably will see. Chances are, see Drew Locke play important snaps, and I I am comfortable with that. Though I don't think he's as good as Geno Smith. People, people I, I still don't get it. Oh, Smith threw too many interceptions. He, he did throw more interceptions in the second half. He still didn't throw that many. No. He didn't turn the ball over that much. It's just, I don't know. But I, I liked what we saw from Drew Locke. And, um, Me too. Uh, I, some, was, I, I was writing, as I was writing that recap, because I was writing as we watching the game, and I was wrote a paragraph saying it's like, OK, Drew Locke has proven that, you know, he's going to be nothing but a backup because and we'll focus more on that throw, because I agree with you. The broadcast, they were saying, oh, it was just because it was tipped. It's like that pass shouldn't have been thrown where it was thrown. But after that, he made a few more beautiful passes, including uh, that sweet, sweet pass to a gentleman we'll be talking more about in a little bit, Mr. Bo Bo. And, uh, yeah, uh, he clearly, you know, he made a couple of bad throws, but how many quarterbacks don't make a couple bad throws? Only one of them cost the Seahawks. And again, you know, to some extent, because it was tipped. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, and the, I was impressed. Sorry to, I was impressed. To, to piggyback on top of that, he's playing with second team in that case, third team receivers. You also don't know if maybe the receiver right. just ran the wrong route. And he's throwing exactly. it to where he thinks what's going to happen. And if he's playing exactly. with uh, Metcalf or Lockett, you know. Oh, by the way, um, Stetson Bennett is exactly 11 months younger than Drew Locke. I was just looking that up, too. That's crazy. That's <laughs> that, is, crazy. that is insane. Um, <laughs> Stetson Bennett. But uh, I mean, he's got to have a boot. A boot Drew, uh, Drew, sponsor, Drew, Locke's, right? Drew Locke's fourth season in the NFL and Bennett's a rookie. Unbelievable. Yeah. Exactly. But uh, I keep saying, ah, this is a great podcast, isn't it? It's like, <laughs> ah, ah. Um, I feel like the I feel like the Burgermeister and that's ah. Or no, the guy, the, <laughs> the guy with the, the dentist is working on. He's like, oh, let me see your teeth. Ah. <laughs> um, speaking of Jackson Smith and Jigba, I mentioned yeah. that before we started talking. About, <laughs> I'm not sure. Jackson. Yes. Yeah. Have you ever heard have you watched the guy's press conferences? The guy is like Yeah. He he the thing I like about Jackson Smith and Jigba is he's obviously an intelligent kid. Yeah. Um and I can say that because I'm thirty years older than Jackson Smith and Jigba. But he's an intelligent kid, but he just handles himself like wait, 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 he's wait, wait. just there to have I, fun. You're almost as old as Stetson Bennett. Holy crap. Anyway, Stetson Bennett yeah. is my great uncle. He does. <laughs> um, but he he looked and again, he was out there with number twos most of the time. He, Drew Locke yeah. was throwing him the ball yeah. um, and he Drew Locke made. Actually, we should give credit for Jackson Smith and Jigbon, the one pass that he almost Doug Baldwin esque caught the ball. Um, yeah. and that he probably saved an interception on that pass. So it wasn't a great pass. It was kind of a harder throw because it's over the middle and he was trying to thread it in there yeah. in a real game. Hopefully he doesn't make that. He's just trying to target Jackson because why not? It's preseason, right? Just target yeah. the guy and just see what happens. Yeah. But your stats don't matter. Again, that's why it's when talking about, Oh, it's their first NFL catch. Nope. It 
doesn't count. Sorry. The games don't count. The stats don't count. But he looked, you could just see like when he's out there with Metcalf, Lockett, and Jake Bobo, he is just going to look fantastic. He looked like he's been playing for five years. Jake Bobo or Jackson Smith and Jake Bobo? Um, actually kind of both, really, when you get down to it. But yeah, Jackson Smith and JSN, I will refer to because it just takes too long to say his full name. Sorry. As if my name is short. But yeah, he looks, I mean, well, let me rephrase that. He doesn't look like he's been playing for five years. He looks like he's been an, a pro bowler for three years. I mean, yeah, that dude. That's true. He is smooth. Yeah. I mean, that, that guy runs routes exactly as they're drawn up. I mean, I think if you like had a diagram of the route and then you traced what he ran, it probably wouldn't be more than like a millimeter off. Cuts everything. I mean, it's just yeah. like, good Lord. And excellent hands. And and on top of it, really what you're saying is like, this guy is such a good dude. Yeah. He, um, he played, of course, he played football at Ohio State. And uh, he, G. Scott, who does the KJ all day, um, you may know this. Most people may know this. But G. Scott's son is an excellent receiver at Ohio State now. Oh, that's right. So, I forgot that, but yeah. Yeah, so he, G. Scott knows Jackson Smith and Jigba, knows his dad really well. And so he was, like, hanging out with uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba's dad, you know, during the game. And then after the game, they kind of met up. And G. was asking Jackson Smith and Jigba you know, what it was like, and uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba, again, these are against number twos. I know the Vikings had a little more number ones out there than the Seahawks, but they didn't have their first team or anything like that completely out there. Right. But Jackson Smith and Jigba was like, yeah, when I, on that first play, and we hear this from, like, literally almost every rookie, right? He was like, I caught that first pass, and I have never been part of a play where it happened. Everybody was moving so fast. Yeah. Like, it just was like, boom. It's like the speed of the game was ridiculous. But he said as as the game went on, he got a little bit more acclimated to it. And plus, yeah. you know, he's probably a little nervous catching the first pass. Yeah, yeah. And I preseason, I guess a team wearing another uniform. But it, you know, that, that's why the preseason matters is not because, it, I mean, the Seahawks are trying to make some decisions on who's filling out the roster post 40 man, right? We, they know who the first 40 guys are. They're going to be on the team. But then the preseason matters for all these rookies like Smith and Jigba or right. Derek Hall, who, you know, um, and Bobo. Bobo stood out. But Bobo, to me, looked like, and I'm not saying he's as good. Somebody's going to hear this and you're like, hey, you said this. He looked like a slightly less athletic Cooper Cup. Yep. He has the same size. He clearly runs routes extremely well. I mean, he got yep. so open on that one and he yep. catches literally everything. It's, it, it, to me, it's interesting that at his size that he gets open like that. You would think, yeah, because it's not like, <laughs> it's not like he's six, four guy. And you can't see him. It's like he stands out even on a football field. You see this guy clearly. And he's not the fastest guy, right? What do you run a 499? I mean, yeah. They're no, no, no. Back. He ran a 498. Okay, gosh. <laughs> You know, I mean, literally, there there were offensive tackles drafted this year who had faster 40s than him. But does it matter? Who's leading? Nope. Who led the Seahawks in, in catches in the scrimmage and in the preseason? Jake yep. Bobo. Like Jake all Bobo. he does is all he does is play football. Like, yep. I, you know, and 
That's funny. Because, sorry to interrupt you. That's exactly what when G. Smith was talking about Smith right. and Jigba. That's exactly what he said about Jake, Jake Bobo. He's like, you know, before when you get drafted, they're looking at your times. You get in the league, and they don't care what your forty time is. They care if you can get open and catch the ball. And 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 exactly what you just said. It's like the guy is just a football player. He's a football player. And and you know, to your point, no one looks at your forty time. And I'm not saying he's the next Jerry Rice, just like we're not saying he's the next Cooper Cup. But Jerry Rice, did anybody ask about his 40 time after he made his first catch? No. Who cares what his 40 time is? The guy is a player. I mean, in that case. I was say we're still confused best. about where Mississippi Valley State was. <laughs> Some people were anyway, sure it was in Mississippi. Uh, but yeah, I mean. Just, Alabama? Just an unbelievable player. And I hate talking, I hate praising a 49er, but I mean, come on. He was a Seahawk for a year. And he was a Seahawk, and he was a Seahawk for a year, yeah. But, you know, I mean, his just, best just, year. You just can't, <laughs> you just can't deny talent like that. And same thing with Cup, right? I mean, Cup wasn't a first round. And it was like, oh, no. You know, you, you look at the guy and he's like, he was just a football player. And again, I'm not saying yeah, Jake exactly. Bobo is Cooper Cup, but right. I bet he, I, first of all, I almost guarantee he makes this roster at this point. He if will. he doesn't, something's wrong. And I, then I, I bet. I guarantee he'll make the roster. I mean, he's he's he should. He's, he's second string in the depth chart they released, and, and like you said, they released, and like you wrote that mm, there's some really odd things in that depth chart, right? Like, are they are they like are they gaslighting the opposition a little bit? It's because there's some really kind of weird things. Who but then knew again, Tyler you know, Mabry was better out. than Colby Parkinson? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, that was a good point because like Colby Parkinson is a guy that I've pinpoint is i think he'll have a standout he'll be one of the surprises of the team just because i think he's gonna well because i think he's gonna be a surprise of the team he's he's developing as a receiver and he sure as hell can block and a dancer and he can dance and he can dance on techno thursday brought to you by luke wilson um (laughs) still i wonder how short his shorts are though when he dances probably probably (laughs) has like the two inch inseams um which could be dangerous uh anyway like Derek hall shorts or something yeah and and Boy, Derek Hall, I mean, for me, that guy has absolutely flown under the radar. I mean, I've not written about him maybe once, if then. And I've been focusing on other players. It's fun. I started laughing because I was up. like, have I written? It's like, <laughs> have we yeah. written anything about Derek Hall? Maybe we should just write a one-off tomorrow and be like, hey, Derek Hall exists on this roster. You actually, I, you actually did write about Derek Hall. Oh, did I? And yeah, it still shows up on the front landing page of 12manrising.com. Um, but this guy could be, I don't know if he can be a big surprise when you're a second round draft pick, but really no one's talking about him. I mean, even during the broadcast, I mean, they hyped him up a little bit. There was more talk about other players. Which, which broadcast? The, uh, <laughs> Seahawks or the Vikings? The, the Well, I listened to the Seahawks because I'm not a traitor. Well, I didn't um, want to. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. We should talk about that a little bit. But I mean... That guy was, and he was called for a late hit. And it's like the way the NFL calls things. Okay. The way the NFL calls things. Yeah. Okay. It was a late hit, but in the real world, it wasn't. It's because he landed, landed on the quarterback. He landed right? I think on that him. was, as, a, as he Michael, couldn't have helped it. But. As Michael Bennett said about 18 times, <laughs> man, I, that bright, that, I love that Michael Bennett is on the broadcast because they made a comment about it. It's like, Oh, you know, a few holding penalties as Mike, you had about, 80 holding penalties a season. It's like, I mean, yeah. offsides, not holding. Anyway, I liked I liked Bennett's comment about like, oh yeah, the quarterbacks are just so strong. 
when he was talking about that, you know, you gotta, you gotta be careful with them, but they're so strong. You can't really. Yeah. My, I, I agree. Michael Bennett would, he, yeah, he was fantastic. He was great. He's great. Um, but yeah, back to, back to Derek is like, that dude, that dude has got some smoke to him. Save big on brunch for mom all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. He is fast. Yeah. It's hard. And and I I mean it could come from nowhere, but I would not be shocked if somehow he winds up with ten sacks as not the starter, just because man Good. he just flies in there. And well, wouldn't that be a nice surprise? One guy I expect to have ten sacks is, and he was Boye Mafe was Mafe when he he was the best player on the field. And and, and during the time me, he was in excuse the me, but who wrote about Boye Mafe like three weeks ago? Michael Bennett. Probably a thousand people, but I did too. And no, but just because based on what he did last year, not on what he was doing in practice or anything this season, just because it's so it parallel Frank Clark so much. And Frank Clark it was like, oh, he came. Frank Clark didn't yeah. come out of nowhere. It's just had such limited opportunity, and he made the most of it in that and as a rookie. And then he had more opportunity. I can totally see that for Moss. Sucks to play behind uh, Bennett and Cliff Averill, doesn't it? Seriously, it's like, how are you going to work your way into that? But Mafia, I mean. Mafe's going to be, he's starting. Like, yeah. How much better is the pass rush this season? Just should be. What, true. Because just like we were talking about with uh, D. Eskridge, and we both expected big things from him, it's like, didn't quite pan out, right? Uh, or Collier. It's like, we know there's going to be at least one or two players out of this draft that are kind of like, huh, not what yeah. we thought we were going to get. I could, yep. it, it happens. It happens every draft. I mean, you're hoping like draft. you get two or three really good play. I mean, you're not going to have, Oh, we got Russell Wilson and Bobby Wagner in this draft. I mean, <laughs> yeah, but, but look at the rest of the draft. It was like, right. okay, but you got you hit home runs on those two guys. Right. So you're hoping for like 2022. That's, that's the problem with 2022, that class, because it's like, exactly. It set the bar so high. Yeah. Mark, Mark uh, Schefter was on Seattle sports this week talking about the trade and I like Mark Schefter quite a bit actually, but um, he was kind of half joking about like, yeah, I think everybody. And cause you know, last year they were talking about, yeah, we stole Russell Wilson and all that. And he said, I really think everybody in the two Oh six area code should write me a letter of apology because you know, clearly you guys knew what was up and we didn't. I felt like I got sandbagged. He was making a joke obviously, but um. Yeah, he was just talking. He was talking about the class. He was like, "Oh, you know, halfway through the season, when you look at all these draft picks, a bunch of them, you know, ended up moving around because of the Broncos." And he's like, "Oh, well, here's another Pro Bowler, you guys go. Okay, here's another Pro Bowler." And it's like, "All right." It's like, I mean, that draft was such a, and there's still depth to it. Tyreek Smith could end up being pretty good, right? And we didn't see exactly. him at all last year. Exactly. And I feel that's like that's almost say. too like, much who, pressure on 2023 because who, 2022 yeah. was so good. Yeah, who didn't pan out from 2022? I mean, considering their where they came in, nobody. I mean, they all from what was expected. Contributed. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Kobe Bryant was like, nah, he was. Oh, uh, like, sorry. Let me eh. interrupt for just a second because we were talking about Mafe. 
Yeah. Mafe didn't have a huge season last year in his rookie season. That does not mean he's not going to be good because I've seen people right. like when you wrote that article on Mafe and we posted it on 12th Man yeah. Rising Facebook. Yeah. Somebody was like, oh, I don't I don't think he's going to be any good. He couldn't even really beat out Bruce Irvin last year for reps. The guy was an effing rookie, dude. Yeah, what? People, what the again, hell is wrong with you? Yeah. Who's going to be? Uh, yeah, exactly. And it's like, well, if he's not good as a rookie, he's never going to be good. Oh, my God. Let's see. Who led the NFL interceptions as a rookie? Peyton Manning. Uh, who led the NFL in, in, with interceptions? Good as a point. He didn't end up being any good. Troy Aikman. I mean, they both sucked. And I, personally, I don't really care for yeah, Troy Aikman that much. Yeah. But still, a, a good quarterback. I don't think he's a Hall of Fame quarterback. I think he was just the circumstances. But it's like rookies typically don't blow it out of the water. Derrick Henry wasn't like Derrick Henry in his rookie season. No. Of course, he was playing as part of a rotation, but he still wouldn't have come in and and because those two are quarterbacks, it's, you know they they have a little bit a lot more responsibility. But and take a running back like Derrick Henry, which kind of equates kind of to an edge rusher right on defense because they yep. have the same kind of thing. But yep. Derrick Henry was good as a rookie. He wasn't Derrick Henry that we know now. Right. But it's just guy, give the guy a year, man. It, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's just ridiculous. People, and Bruce Irvin's pretty good too. Sorry if you're gonna yeah, lose that's your the thing. It's like oh, you can't beat out Bruce Irvin. Oh, you must be dog meat. It's like. We're talking about Bruce Irvin. He's That's not right. the guy he was. <clears throat> at his but Geno Smith couldn't beat out Philip Rivers or Russell Wilson. <laughs> like, or yeah, other like, Hall of how was he supposed to? Exactly. How many how many Hall of Famers did he play behind? All of them. <laughs> he played <laughs> no. behind Hall of Famers everywhere. Once he didn't work out with the Jets because the Jets suck eternally. And they played behind Hall of Famers every place. It's like, what's the guy supposed to do? Yep. When he got his opportunity? Turns out he was ready. Yep. Except for one intermediate passes, he wasn't any good. Therefore, we uh, there was a whole conversation on yeah, Facebook because yeah. I wrote that. Well, I mentioned that last week, and then I wrote another article on Monday, I think, about like uh, it involves Geno Smith. And I, I pointed out like, hey, some people point out one thing that they find that he didn't do well or right, an ex- right. extremely high level. Thankfully, other people started like chiming in on like, you okay? You don't like the guy? That's fine, but you're taking one bit and ignoring the rest. Exactly. That doesn't mean the guy's not any good. That means your take isn't any good. Yeah, I mean, if you want to focus on the few negative aspects in someone's game, you can find negative aspects in everybody's game. Yeah. Peyton Manning could he? Could Eric he, Dickerson was great, Todd, but he stood upright too much. You know, he, so he wasn't <laughs> any good. Yeah. Dan Marino couldn't scramble worth a damn. It's like, well, well, that's true. He couldn't. That's why they never won a Super Bowl. And, you know, it's like people are just, I don't know. Those people tend to be negative, I think, in general. Yeah. Or or they just like being online trolls and it's like, oh, let me pull this mm-hmm. up. Like, and, and not like I haven't had bad takes because, and I own it. Oh, oh my gosh. I have I thousands it. of them. I, like literally at least every other month, I talk about how happy I was that they got a certain running back out of Green Bay and how that was going to really fix them. And the guy, how many hundreds of thousands of dollars did he lose because he couldn't make weight? I right. mean, you know, like the one thing you can totally control and the guy couldn't do it. It's like, well, we've talked, we talked earlier on the show about LJ Collier and we yeah, are yeah. wrong all the time, but I'm, yeah. I'm wrong completely. You know, it's not like I'm wrong about, ah, there's one thing I'm wrong or right about. So right, therefore, right, right. It's like, no, I just completely yeah. miss it. I just whiff. And to be fair to us, 
someone more important than us was wrong on L.J. Collier. Jesus Christ. Oh, yes. Yeah, Jesus Listen. Christ, too. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's like the team drafted him. The <laughs> Jesus team saw like, the same thing. Man, I got L.J. Collier on my fantasy team. I mean, I'm going to blow it up this year. And he was like, oh, no, Paul. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, 12th uh, again. <laughs> uh, story of my life in fantasy. And that's in 10 team leagues. Um, but yes. The guy I, looking I, the other way won our fantasy league. As far <laughs> I have come in third place once with a fantasy league that I totally forgot I had. And I didn't even check the roster until like week eight. It was like somehow through the, through a miracle of, of devil worship or whatever. It's like I didn't have any injuries. And everyone everyone stayed healthy and played. And like, oh, holy hell. Yeah. Um, I told you that one time, 2009, when I didn't change any of my fantasy players in the hockey league I was in. And I won the league right. easily. And you won the league, yeah. <laughs> um, which is hilarious. Uh, as for preseason games don't count, which is accurate, which, of course, is accurate. And like you said, they matter because, right, because like you said, players are fighting to make those last 13 spots on the roster, et cetera. Uh, that's why they matter. And it's not their stats. It's how they perform. Like Pete Carroll was talking about Charbonnet, and it's like he really liked what he saw. That it, you know, it's like you look at his stat line, he didn't do a damn thing. But it was the effort that he gave out that Pete was like, yes, that's what I like to see. Uh, yeah. Jake, Jake Bobo had both. He had the stats. And it's like, like I said, that guy, is a, that guy if, if they cut him or try to put him on the practice squad, because he he's going to get snapped up if they put him on the practice squad. Yeah. They cannot put him on the practice squad. He well, has to I, I don't run. know why he wouldn't. I mean, who's a Derek Young, who we both like, but he's injured, yeah, yeah. Right? right? And we still don't know. Even though we like him, it doesn't mean he's going to be potentially right. as good as Jake Bobo. Bobo Eskridge has proven is, he can do it. Yeah, and Eskridge is, well, as much as Young, yeah. Um, but Eskridge is now injured again and right. suspended. I mean, he's right. he could be released. He's gonna he's less costly to release than he is to keep. Yeah. Um, and Matt but Landers. I mean, you got your three guys, but after that, it's wide open. Why not yeah. Jake Bobo? Yeah, he, uh, they'd be fools not to keep him. And Matt Landers is like, granted, if that was the first team defense. That's probably a pick, right? Was he Ann's brother? <laughs> I think he is. He's almost as old as Stetson Bennett. That's right. Um, Gosh. But his adjustment to the ball and then eluding two defenders, that was beautiful. Yeah. That was beautiful. Yeah. But at uh, that point when he's, you know, if he's going against first teamers, that probably doesn't happen. I mean, right. that's that's the thing. It's like, but he's not a first teamer either. No, no, but he's so, you know. not a second teamer either because they didn't have second teamers in a lot. I mean, they were just playing, you know, right. Bottom. And no offense to Matt Landers. I mean, he he did more and he could do every day. He did, of his he life did what he needed to do. do, and he might but, not have had the opportunity to do it because if he'd had a like, if if Reek had been out there, Landers does not make that catch. We know that, right? Right. But. Landers did everything he needed to do to make the catch. It would not have been a pick either because he would have prevented that. I was so impressed. I was like, Ehlers just like, I'm going to throw it up there and see what happens. <laughs> like, uh, but and that I, guy was fun to watch, though. So fun to watch. He was just like, was like, I'm running around. I'm like, yeah. I'm just out here living the dream. I love the way that guy played. And even that pass, it's like, okay, try to make it happen. Because it's at the end of the game, you know, towards the end of the game. It's like, you know, does it really matter? It's like, yeah, okay, you shouldn't have made the pass. But again, what's the yeah. point of football? Entertainment. Right. That and, was, and actually, that was me, so entertaining. 
I should interject that the the touchdown pass wasn't meant like a disrespect to Landers as far as what I was saying. It no, wasn't no. Landers that did anything. It was like no. that pass would have never exactly. never been complete. I mean, it was just – but still, it's Landers you know, it's made fun. a beautiful play. He wouldn't have had the opportunity to make it if he'd had better defenders on him. That's, that's our right. point. But he did every – I mean, a, a lesser receiver would not have adjusted to the ball the way he did. Right. Not unless you're Jermaine Curse. Uh, <laughs> Jermaine Curse would have made that all day long. <laughs> and then to elude the defenders and get. You would have had to wait till the, the defender actually hit the ball first and then <laughs> twice. But <laughs> I was so impressed with that play. So I was like, yeah. to me, Lander should make the should make the roster too, because that's a heads up play. That's a play. And they only again, keep five receivers. Football though. player. Really? Yeah, and I I get what you're saying, but uh, maybe I mean because you're faster. going with. I don't know. It, it depends on what they think. Yeah, well, of course. No, 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 I'm not many, saying. But it depends like, on whether you want to keep 19 quarterbacks, too. <laughs> exactly. I mean, that's a great point because it's yeah. like you have all that talent. Do you want to get rid of Artie Burns? Yeah. Who you know was like number six, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, actually, we don't know that now. Maybe he's number five because Kobe Bryant looked pretty effing awesome as a safety. Kobe Bryant looked so good at safety, didn't he? He, he had a couple mistakes but it's his first game action right as yeah. a safety first fake game he was so i mean that but you could you could tell he was like i'm a safety i'm gonna blow people up that dude is a safety and yep. i was like i'm so happy for him because i again expected a lot from him. he's a jim thorpe award winner from the previous year not his teammate Josh gardner and uh, yep. and it's like he he had his issues at slot corner he was okay but i mean he got benched in the very first game because he gave up uh, a big pass play for a touchdown. It was like first play, and I'm like, oh well, that's how my career is going to go. That sucks. So, you know, and it wasn't that he was relegated to slot. That's where they needed him. That's where he needed to be. But man, he looked good at safety. He did. I mean, he looked. He's not going to be a starter, although no. he looked like he could develop into a starter. He he did. He could be. He could be their Bradley McDougal. Yep. And as we just talked about last week, that guy was he was under an, an undersung hero for the Seahawks. He was really, really good for the Seahawks. I mean, he was the super sub is like, oh, the strong safety's out. I can play strong safety. Oh, the free safety's out. I can play free safety. Yep. Like, and he, he worked his way into being a starter, just like Kobe Bryant. I mean, because you yeah. don't know long term what's going to happen. Exactly. With Kobe Bryant could be a starting or... safety in two years easily. Yeah, because like you said, Adam says two years left. Uh, and I can see that happening. I would hope that Adams comes back healthy and plays well and we keep him because I would love that. But just and it's just one game. It's preseason. But so impressed with how Kobe Bryant looked. He looked yeah. really good. Yeah, Chris so Scott is the DB or in charge of the passing game. And if that was his move, I mean, the guy's a smart player, clearly produced yes. enough people at Alabama to know what he's doing. But if he saw that and was like, oh, we should try this guy safe. I mean, that's just. Yeah, that's like defensive coordinator type yeah, stuff exactly and as like and it makes sense to try him at safety because uh, not that they don't have plenty of talent at safety they do but they have a log jam at corner right. I, mean, I mean and they I, could use know, better better talent and at depth of course and again it, it's the whole thing that we've talked about you know people are saying i was like well we, why are you playing your fifth round pickets as a nickel blah 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 because he makes the team better at that position more yeah. than that combination, because Jackson can't play slot. I mean, right. he could, but he belongs on the outside. And and 
I think it was uh, Art Schlecht. I'm going to say Schleister, but Schleister wrote him. I'll talk, he was talking about it too. <laughs> Art Schleister. He Art placed Schleister. his bets after on that one guy. After after I wrote about it, but just pointing out. But he was saying it's like <laughs> this is this is the NFL now. It's like how often do they go over the middle? All the time. You right. need someone who can cover oh over gosh. the middle yes. and who can slam over the middle. That's yep. that guy. How, how different? Uh, assuming he plays like we have seen, like we have pictured he's going to play, right? How different would the Seahawks season have been last year if we'd had him in slot? Yeah, that's that's two extra wins True. minimum. We it, don't I, have tight ends shredding the Seahawks for 180 freaking yards or 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 underneath receivers. That's the kind of thing I had PTSD. Uh-huh. On that um, second drive uh, of the Vikings, and I was like, "Oh, it's third and long." Oh, they picked it up. Oh, yeah, my yeah. gosh! And yeah. I kept telling myself, "It's just the preseason. There's no yep. scheming at all. Um, play, teams are just like, let's try this. Let's see what happens. Because it's really a glorified practice between two teams." And but when I saw that, I was like, "There was enough of like they're running the ball." And then, but then all things got yeah. fixed. But you can't really. They cleaned it up. And that's and, why it's, that's what preseason's for is they they looked rough in the first quarter and then they made adjustments. How often did we say last season they're not making the adjustments? Right. And the year before that, constantly, because they weren't. Tyler Lockett said it for God's sakes. Like yeah. someone who knows a little Andre bit more about football. Yeah, exactly. Two guys who know a lot more about football than we do said that. They made adjustments like not even at the second half. They were making adjustments in the second quarter. Yep. And that, yeah, that and that team was completely different series, after that. Which is what yeah. you have to do. Yeah. Um, they gave so, him 10 points, and then after that, it was 24 to 3. Yep. 20, yep, that's right. That's exactly you know, right. I was like, that's a hell of a performance. And yeah, um, it's second stringers, but it's second stringers against second stringers, and third stringers against third stringers. And those guys. Right, it's apples to apples, not. Up. Yeah. Well, they, oh, we've got this 85 Bears defense first team against their yeah, third exactly. string. You know, DK wasn't out there running against their third string D-backs. It's like it was, you know, and these guys may have to step up. At, well, let me change that. These guys will have to step up at some point. Right. So, It'll be interesting uh, to, see and to see. The second preseason game will be played before we have our next yeah. podcast, which is next Saturday. Uh, that the preseason game is played, not that we're doing the podcast against the Packers. And it'll be interesting to see how many of the first teamers play then. I'm Cause that's, that's kind of really the game that they, what's that? Right. I'm picturing that will be when we see the first, the first unit, at least for the first half, as much as I, possible injuries. Yeah, it could be, you know. it could be first half. I mean, it's a lot of times you see like first quarter, but first half could make sense. Cause usually yeah, you used to have four, obviously four preseason games. Right. Now they just have a three because there's no reason to, to uh, put people as, out there and, and as, expose them to potential right. injuries. As much as I don't like the 17-game regular season, I love the three-game preseason, which I know doesn't make any sense. Yeah. But because to me, it's like, okay, you see what you have in the first game. The second game, you get your starters in sync against another team. And the third team, third game, you see, okay, this is when we're making our cuts. What can these guys do to prove they belong in the second string? It's perfect. It's absolutely perfect. And especially for the Seahawks, because there's a lot of other teams. Everybody plays three preseason games, right? But there's a lot of other teams, most other teams actually, have joint practices with other teams yeah. as well, which are just like preseason games because there's no officials and you don't have yeah. people showing up. Um, but there's they're running the – they're like, okay, let's try this situation against these players. I mean, there's a lot of right. community 
in the NFL, right? Yeah. And yeah. that's really the difference between that and like a preseason game is it's more obviously it's a structured game setting. But those other coaches, like the Packers coaches, aren't thinking, well, this is how we stop Geno's. They don't care about that. They're thinking, Jordan right. Love, we need to have him do this and this and this. Exactly. And then see what happens. Exactly. Whereas right. in a real game, it's like, okay, now we're scheming against, we think the Seahawks are going to do this. Completely different. Absolutely. Um, but you can still, again. Um, so before we get into our Rob Gordons, we did a lot of Seahawks talk on this show. Yeah, what the before hell's going on in, with this? Before we get into our Rob Gordons, I'm in, I'm, which... I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> do you want to tell thousands of listeners um, what our Rob Gordons are this week, Todd? Well, if I was going to tell thousands of listeners, it would have to be a different podcast. These are the five films that can never have a remake. Or shouldn't have been remade. Yeah, that's true, because some of these on my list, I don't, I, to the best of my knowledge, none of them have been remade. I, oh, okay. I, take that back, I take that back. One of them has been remade, and it's almost completely forgotten. So but, I misread uh, your, <laughs> we have two different Rob Gordons. I misread, well, cool. I was thinking which films shouldn't have been remade. Oh, but were remade. But were, yes. Well, on, on okay. the fly, on the fly, I can pretty much do that, too, because I can think of a lot of them. Oh, okay, okay, cool. Uh, but I'm, um, I'm, I'm yeah. still going to go with and can never have remakes. So we'll have two Rob Gordons in one <laughs> bonus bonus content for you. The, the one person who's still listening. And I feel that's, for you. I'm so true. sorry. Yeah. You didn't have anything better to do. I'm I just completely it. misread what you said. Probably like that guy who was like, oh, yeah, there's no Jamal Adams in this. Let me <laughs> uh, let me look at the text. Let me look at the original text. No, no, no. I'm sure, I'm sure you. you were right. I can I'm ridicule you positive. on the air live. Oh, you said. Pete is only 934, sir. Oh, that's a different. Yeah, I'm at, so. He's weak and didn't play. That's in D&D years. We, Pete and I play a lot of D&D. Russ's X. I like it. Let's do that. Ooh, that's too sexy. Oh, that Russ's X. Podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, I can't find it. We, we it's, text it is. It's silly. Um, I wanted to mention this, though. Um. Andrew Tolls. Have you seen this story? Andrew Tolls? I have not. So Andrew Tolls used to be, used to play outfield for the Dodgers. Um, and okay. Yeah. He played played for a few years. He was an okay player. And then he started having some issues, mental issues. And he was diagnosed with schizophrenia. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so. Um, but that part of the story is, is sad, but. Yes. Genuine. But the Dodgers signed him in 2018 so right. that he would be still be able to play or be not play baseball they didn't accept him play baseball but so that he could still be under their medical plan to pay for his help yep did you know they they just now re-signed him they've done it every year i didn't know and, about this season but i knew about yep. last season i figured they would and it's like yep. and that's one of the best stories to come out of sports yep. it's like because we rip organizations a lot, deservedly so at times, because some organizations deserve it. But how, how much credit, honestly, do the Dodgers deserve for that? To yeah, because it costs them not a lot. Obviously, I mean they make millions and millions and millions, but they don't have to do that. Yeah, they don't have to and, do that. And that's just like that's so that's yeah, you know, it's just class. Just, it, it is. It's such it's it's such a good humanitarian thing to do. And like. How many organizations do that? And that's just—I love that story. Yeah. Just, just so this guy can get the help he needs. Yeah. And how many companies do that? And it's like, and it's not like he was a big star. You know, it's no. like okay, if he'd been, 
the bulldog, you know, it's like, okay, and, and this happened. It's like, well, of course they should take care of him. But this guy, in the grand scheme of things on the field, was not an important player to the Dodgers. Let's just put it that way. Right. But he's an I mean, important right. He wasn't. He Dodgers. wasn't a difference maker, a high end difference maker but he's to the Dodgers as a person. It's like, yeah, that's just awesome. I love that yeah. story. Yeah. So I didn't. Uh, yeah. Just, just, uh, just re-signed him recently again that's for so the fifth cool. straight year. <laughs> that's, that's that's just such a good thing, man. That's such just so cool. So are we doing which Rob Gordon's are we doing then? Because I could come up with a list really fast, or we could save the. I think we're doing the, pizza. We're doing pizza. Aren't we actually doing pizza? had some pizza this weekend from a place called Vinyl Pies in Hot Springs, North Carolina. That sounds horrifying. It's um, it was really <laughs> good. Like they they make everything there, and it was really good. It's very kind of a sell hot springs. It's not very. Big. No, let's just, it's a street. Let's, just our, let's just do our two separate lists, and the next week we can reverse it and do the other way. Okay. All right. That's weird, but um, <laughs> but yeah, sure. Five businesses um, and seven worst tires that you could possibly buy. That would be weird. So I'll okay. So my list is the <laughs> uh, films that were remade, but the remakes sucked basically. Yeah. And yours is. I, the, I can chime in with a couple honorable mentions on that one for sure, though. Okay. And yours is the five, uh, five, five films, films that, that should have, never be remade. Should never be remade, like yeah. The Happening. Because it was so great to begin with. <laughs> yeah, and cats. <laughs> well, I like oh, cats. God. What? Oh, you you're talking about the movie. I, I thought you imagine okay. going to a double feature back when they had double features at the theaters and seeing the happening in cats. Saw, how, many people, how many people would make it out of the theater? The the like, last. Uh, yeah, hopefully. Well, hopefully people would have left. They would have made wait, it let out. Me tell you they would have left. Let me tell you something. That is no Barbenheimer. <laughs> that is no Barbenheimer. The last time I saw two movies at the theater back to back, like you go, you pay for one when you can do that and sneak into the other one. I what? saw, yeah, I know. I, I can't remember which one I saw first. I think it was American Beauty. And then oh, we, geez. yes. And then we snuck in to see, uh, to see, um, American Psycho. That'd be awesome. <laughs> no. Damn it. How can I? Oh, the Sixth Sense. So oh, we saw different films. You know what? American yeah. Beauty and American Psycho, that'd be an awesome double bill. But we kept switching back between the films. It was, I'm not sure if Kevin Spacey was dead the whole time. Or... <laughs> <laughs> and Bruce Willis was like, had questionable judgment about his uh, daughter's girlfriend. Um, <laughs> That's right. That'd be so funny. Um, what has she been in, by the way? The actress that played. I She's been in a few other films and I think she's still working, but yeah, not, not. Not like good not, 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 not like Thora Birch, who's been in more films, although the daughter, and yeah. she's not been a lot either. Like really like Thora Birch in uh, American Ghost, Splendor. Ghost World. Ghost World, not American Splendor. Ghost World. Yeah, thank you. That's the other Harvey thing. But anyway, yeah, Ghost World is uh, Ghost World is a very very good movie. Harvey um, with the rabbit. I wonder what ever happened to the other actress in Ghost World. Um, you know, I think she got married to a guy on Saturday Night Live. Yeah, yeah, like that's all anybody knows her for. Which, by the way, if if you haven't seen Barbie, a oh, holy crap, so good. As as you said a couple weeks ago, Oppenheimer is like you have to see Oppenheimer. I can't say that personally because I haven't seen it yet. I'm just going by your poor judgment, and after all, you think L.J. Collier was a great pick. Yeah, I mean, um, it's a Wes Anderson flick. I think I saw <laughs> Oppenheimer. Was it took place in the desert? Wes Anderson right. needs to. Speaking of remakes, can can we have a Wes Anderson remake every film? 
<laughs> oh my god, that would be so good. Somebody's gonna do it. I mean, apparently he's not a big fan of those uh, Wes Anderson cuts of different films that show up on YouTube. <laughs> really? Like, mm, can we not do that? I'm like, dude, you're the stylist. Is like, it's your fault. Anyway, that's funny. What's? I mean, it's done in in a good natured yeah, form. It's not making. It's not making fun of him. I mean, it's like that's his style. He's it's. It, no one else could well someone else could do it obviously a bunch of schlebs could do it because they do it but uh it, it works for him put it that way yeah anyway five films that never should have been remade by lee what's your honorable mentions let's start with those uh let me pick out two of the five i'll tell you the seven um i will start with oh man these are all not great um <laughs> well I'll, I'll say this one is it was okay. It just wasn't as good as the original. So an honorable mention would be Charlie and the Chocolate Factory with Johnny Depp, who I do like, but just the movie was... Obviously, that movie is awful. It's borderline... Eh, it's not borderline. It's creepy. That that said, I am looking forward, I guess, to the prequel of Wonka. I am. I am. When they first announced it, it's like, no, let's not do that. Because they've already done a sequel and it was awful. And I, we just saw the preview of, uh, of Wonka and it, it looks charming. It looks fun. That's what it should be. It's got Hugh Grant. It's got Hugh Grant as a very, very small Oompa Loompa. If that's only his, the only thing he does in the film. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. (laughs) Uh, I would go with, I'm going to throw in Psycho, uh, which was at literally a shot for shot. Okay. Well, Psycho is going to be my other honorable mention then. Yeah. Because it was just. Because it's on my list, but. It's awful. I've got two, two that I. So do you want me to just go through the other five then that I have? And then you can do your yeah, five. Yeah, let's, let's do it that And way. then you can comment on, on what I... Yeah, and then and we'll then, go back and forth. Yeah. You do um, I'll do my five. Okay, I'll do my five. So, um, so films that should never have been remade, but were... Were remade. Yeah. It doesn't mean the first remade. one was genius or anything, but it was... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, to some degree. Um, and, you know, so I had Psycho and Charlie and the Chocolate Factory's honorable mentions. Um, the Karate Kid from yes. 2010. Yep. Um, because the, uh, the first one's so iconic anyway, right? right. And it's like, you know, it, it is what it is, but the, the they, second one's they, the Vanity Project is awful. Yeah, it's a whole concept that they shouldn't have ever tried. If they tried it with the same kind of, I, well, it's not a film kind of like your list. It's probably a film that should never have been remade anyway, especially so recently. I mean, it's still not, it came out in the 80s, right? But right. it's still like, right. you know, it's like, oh, we've got this Kaplan, uh, Charlie Chaplin film, and we're going to, uh, that's different you shouldn't do it but it's different right um and then uh meet joe black um which is actually a uh, yeah. remake of uh, death takes a holiday which is meet joe black is okay but death takes a holiday is definitely superior i, I am I, I like brad pitt a, a ton, you. but he is god awful boring in that role yep and that's Agreed. that's the biggest the whole film's boring it's miscast just one note yeah i mean he's his performance isn't he probably plays the performance as the director may have wanted him to play but it's exactly. extremely boring it's like uh Wahlberg right. in the happening but i don't think <laughs> Wahlberg's Wahlberg a great Wahlberg is incapable of it well Wahlberg's okay in the right vehicle exactly he's 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 not brad brad pitt's a really good actor he's Wahlberg is not the worst actor and some things he fits like in the part and he's great yeah um, yeah, he's not in it, but, but a ton, but he's great in it, and he's in those kind of roles. But and you know, that's that's 
kind of the feel I got. It was like I felt like maybe Brad Pitt because it didn't seem like a Brad Pitt. I mean, no. it's still kind of a really, I don't know. Anyway. Brad Pitt is death. Uh, no. <laughs> that yeah, alone. Just, and I was like, what are you thinking? Yeah. Um, let's see. What else do I have? I've got uh, a guy who I adore, but should have he made a whole bunch of these films. The Pink Panther with yes. Steve Martin. Yep. Agreed. Um, again, should have. He shouldn't have remade it. He should have just done a whole different thing. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, along, they're, kind of, they're kind of fun, but they, they're nothing compared to the originals. Which is like this next one, The Longest Yard. Again, the oh, original is not a great Christ. film, but the second, I mean, it's an entertaining film, which is all it's supposed to be, right? But the compared second one the is second, Compared to the yeah. second, it's a great film. Yeah. At least you have a guy who actually was a football player, for God's sakes, playing the football player. Exactly. And a, and a better actor. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I didn't mind. And it just the, yeah, it was just all over the place. And it was just like. If it had been the first version, it would have been much better. But all, but anyone who's seen the original is like, man, this is straight hot garbage. <laughs> yeah. And then um, I guess the last one I have, because that's, yeah, the last one I have is the remake of Red Dawn. <laughs> came I never Chris saw Hemsworth. the remake, but but yeah, Red Dawn is a pretty much an iconic film for sure. Yeah, Red Dawn is and, not. It's by far it's not going to win any Academy Awards no. or anything, but it is campy to a degree that it needed to be. Yeah, um, Wolverine. But, I mean, it's just still got <laughs> lines that shouldn't be memorable, really, but they were delivered right. in an. Yeah, it, it's definitely well, a product of its time. Well, I have two honorable mentions, and again, these are five films. They've not been remade, but they never should be. Uh, well, the one exception actually was a remake, which no one remembers. Because, well, do you want to hold on to your honorable mentions? Because I think we're flipping this list next week. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll hold on to them. Okay. All right. Because you might think about it, and it might be like, eh, really should yeah. have that on the list instead of. Okay. Continue, sir. That's it. That's I had five. Okay. So uh, my five, and these are, and again, no uh, particular. And your list is different. My from list my. is, yeah, my list is films that have not been remade but never should have been. Uh, my first is Pulp Fiction. I cannot imagine a remake of Pulp Fiction working at all. Uh, just the structure and iconic performances, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Do the Right Thing, same reasons. Uh, Spirited Away, uh, what would be the I point? I saw that. Oh, my God. Such That's a, the animated film. Yeah, the animated horse, film. Right? Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Spirit, you fool. Um, and my number four, another animated film, The Iron Giant. And then it's also I, a film about a horse, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is. It's uh, you it's about Lou Gehrig as a horse. Um, God, that iron, awesome. iron. <laughs> it was the Iron Horse, so you know. Um, and then my top one is Casablanca, and that's the one I think they actually tried to do a remake. I thought they did, yeah, with James Brolin, and I was like. No one in the right mind watched it. I'd seen a still from it, and he's wearing a white coat because Bogey wore a white jacket. He's Thanos, isn't he? Uh, I'm just it would have been better. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and that was okay. So my honorable mentions, and the reason one of these is not on my mention because when I thought that I had made it clear, and I obviously didn't because I'm an idiot, but I thought that you would have this on your list: Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah, it is impossible to remake. Been. Impossible to remake that film, and then. And the reason this is an honorable mention, because I actually can kind of see remaking this, but they have to wait another 10 years. Uh, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. Those, the, the, every actor, that's like an acting clinic. 
But I can see if they give it a few more years with a whole new set I of feel actors. Like it was because re- it was is a play, obviously. Yeah, of course. Uh, right. Start so with. it's basically is a remake anyway, right? Yeah, I thought they did. I thought somebody recently did it, like not as a movie, but like as a as a play. I'm sure it's been put on again. As so, a now that really uh, doesn't quite fit. But I can I can see redoing that. I mean, it's just like I was going to say To Kill a Mockingbird. But again, it's been done as a play. And I can. I, frankly, I wouldn't go see a remake of it, but I can kind of see doing that again, although God help your soul if you try to replace Gregory Peck or Mary Batham, because holy crap. But um, anyway, this time I want to see the Schiffer rope. I just want to see <laughs> sh- They could actually have a shiffer. Although the way they would do it now, it would probably be CGI shiffer robe and they would show it <laughs> and it would be a hundred and eighty million dollar production, you know, because that's what they do. So, um, but yeah, I totally agree with your list. It's like hmm. Psycho is God awful and, and the longest year are God awful. And so the others is like, mm, I mean, Okay, Karate Kid is god awful. I, you know, some you know remakes are okay for some some films need remakes. We can do that another time uh, because they they're older films and people haven't seen that much. The star they the star a star is born has been remade four times now. I know. You no, know, and at least the last one was good. And then I think three of them are good. It's like the Barbara Streisand one, and I actually rewatched that last year just to see, and it's worse than I remembered. It is such a self-indulgent piece of star-driven crap. Look at me uh, compared to the others. is like, it's sad. Well, the Adam Sandler version is pretty good. Honest to God, I would <laughs> rather watch an Adam Sandler version of A Star is Born. If Kate McKinnon was, I was like, I'm in. Uh, anyway. <laughs> Kate McKinnon was so... Um, Kate McKinnon went Kate to McKinnon school with someone. Yes, she did, probably. Unless she was... Shoot. No, I'm gonna have to. Kate McKinnon. No, just school. She didn't go to school with anybody. You lied again. Right. She did. You lied. You she lied about college about L. J. Collier, someone. and you lied about Kate McKinnon. Well, I did okay. lie about L. J. Collier. If you were gonna draft comedic, and again, as I tweeted to you, and we talked about comedic actors before, Andy Richter. I'm not making that. Genius. Uh, I forgot John Candy. And I'm like, how the hell did I forget John Candy? Jesus H. Anyway, um, yeah, I would put John Candy on. Oh, no, no. Sorry, sorry. I I lied about Andy Richter. It was Greta Gerwig. (laughs) Uh, They went to school. college Wait, wait. Kate McKinnon and Greta Gerwig went to school together? Really? Yeah. That's not surprising. Um, So happy for Greta Gerwig, who's a wonderful director and writer, uh, has done some wonderful things up before this but i'm so happy she's the first director female director sorry first director of the of the gentler sex not the weaker sex but the gentler sex to gross a billion freaking dollars global box office that's just phenomenal and when i first saw that it's like that's crazy i was like because i've heard it's good and i expected it to be good but it is such a good film and that screenplay again she co-wrote with uh, her constant partner, Noam Brumbach, uh, such a smart screenplay. I mean, there's literally, there's not a lull in the film at all. It is just so perfectly yeah, I crafted. I, I like what she's done. Um, yeah, this is uh, 
per. I mean, Lady Bird is phenomenal. I love Lady oh, Bird. Oh, it is. Heck yeah. And this movie Sir is Sharon. better than Lady Bird. Yeah. Better than Lady Bird. And Lady Bird is an awesome movie. It I, is fantastic. I was just yeah. floored at how good Barbie is. It's like not what I expected when they said they were doing a movie about Barbie yeah. at all. Uh, according but, to but People, I, it says, as Gerwig39 spoke with People um, about the smash hit movie inspired by the iconic Mattel doll, she recalled spending her college years performing theater in an improvisational comedy with Kate McKinnon, also 39. So we were in an improv group together. She was much better, better at it than I was. Uh, Gerwitz says of McKinnon's comedic that. abilities in college. Of course, they went to a terrible college called Columbia. <laughs> um, and, they, make, uh, they make outerwear, right? It's really good quality. They do. They do. Yeah. yeah. She said, we made these really strange, we made really wonderful, strange musicals together when oh, we were geez. in college. We were just 19 making a weird musical together and thinking like, I hope someone will want to work with us one day. <laughs> Kate McKinnon is strange in, in all the best ways. Um, oh my gosh, but I, I cannot watch way. that one skit she has on Saturday Night Live when she's the... When it's always the two people, they're in that therapy search session, and it t- yep. and she sees the oh my gosh, <laughs> she is insane. Uh, I'll I'll put it this way: if if you are a self-described alpha male, you will not enjoy Barbie, but you should go oh, see well, it because it has it, lessons then. for you. Um, the only lessons I need are from Trump. <laughs> but it's such a smart movie, so. And and okay, you can look at it as it's kind of preachy, but it's so freaking funny. Uh, it, it definitely carries a message, but it's a hilarious film, and it's touching at times. Margot Robbie is excellent. Ryan Gosling is amazing. Hon- honest to God. Per he's usual, like, no, I I think he's always oh he's a, he's a terrific actor, but I was, I would be shocked if he doesn't. I wouldn't be shocked if Margot Robbie doesn't get a Best Actress. I, she should. But, I mean, this is kind of how it goes. But I'll be shocked if Gosling doesn't get a Best Supporting Actor, because he should. Um, the screenplay, I will be shocked if it doesn't win. And, again, there's a long way to go. But I can't imagine a better screenplay than this. Uh, it's just so freaking smart. I'm not, we're getting it's, a text a, from Christopher Nolan right now. Hold on. Let me see what this says. No, sorry, bro. But, <laughs> but uh, your brother is an amazing screenwriter. But, uh-uh. Um, and I haven't seen it yet, and I and I'm really looking forward to it. Finally got tickets. Uh, we're going to go see it next weekend uh, with Sony. Hi, Sony. Anyway, hadn't done that for a while. Any, anyway, uh, it's just honestly, for what again, we've talked about movies occasionally, and it's like if they accomplish what they are meant to accomplish, right? That's what it's about. You can't compare movies to movies. It's like Barbie compared to Oppenheimer. Obviously, there's such different films that. The whole thing of the Barbenheimer is hilarious just because they're <laughs> such polar opposites. But Barbie is not just a light, frothy movie. There's more to it than that. But it's a absolutely brilliant screenplay. And it's not because of, oh, it's so funny and, oh, it has so much to say. It's because it's such a tightly woven screenplay. I mean, it's uh, it's almost like Chinatown. You know, Chinatown, as Oz brought up, is like the perfect screenplay. Uh, this is that good. It's kind I mean, of funny it's, because it's Oppenheimer, exactly. in a way, feels like Chinatown. I, I mean, I'm so thrilled to see. And I feel like we talked about pre-pro, hi, Ted, that I've held off watching Oppenheimer because I want to see it at IMAX because they've got one of the actual IMAX screens here in town up here in Mississauga, Ontario, Canada. And I, I want to see it that way, right? 
and it's early morning, 10 a.m., midweek screenings are 90% sold out. And I don't want to yeah. sit in the first row <laughs> and, and break sure. my neck watching the film. But those are the seats that are available. That's it. This thing is such a huge financial success. And Barbie is too, obviously, like I said. And it's like, it makes me so happy because, I mean, these are, and I like the Marvel films, blah, blah, blah. I'm not saying that. But original films, uh, again, they have something original to say. And the fact that they're huge successes financially mm-hmm. is just going to make it that much more likely for a studio to say, hey, a good let's, point. Let's, let's take a risk. And it's a big risk for Warner. I mean, I hate what Warner is doing with Max and all the other idiotic crap that they've done. But the fact that they took a risk on Barbie, credit to them. Well, I'm not going to see Barbie or Oppenheimer. I'm just going to wait for the sequel. Why are you the worst? Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.